Hey guys, welcome. Um, tonight is a special night. We get to hear um, from a guest speaker, and I'm super excited because um, she's way smarter than I am. Um, so this should be really good. Um, a lot of you guys have heard um, Dana speak over the the last year, uh, maybe a couple of times. She uh, just graduated from one of the most beautiful a school at one of the most beautiful campuses, Point Loma, like just beautiful on the, anyway. Um, but she's going to Princeton, uh, Princeton Divinity School. So, I mean, you got to be smart to get in there, right? <laughs> oh, man. I'm excited to hear what she has to say tonight um, to us or what God has to say to us through her. Um, but bring, uh, help me give a warm welcome to Dana. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me, guys. That was a really intense intro. That was the first time I've ever seen that video. Would you pray with me while I get my things gathered? Dear God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for bringing us all here. Thank you for your love that goes before us. I just ask that you would be in this place to thank you that you already are. Thank you that you prepare our hearts. And would you help us to hear what you want to hear? Would you speak through me? Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, hello. I hope everyone's doing well. I'm so excited to be back up here. Thank you guys for letting me come and talk to you about something that I have grown to become very passionate about uh, forgiveness through some tricky situations. Um, but before I start, I wanted to give a quick content warning for this conversation. Sometimes talking about forgiveness and the people who have hurt us can be really heavy and sometimes triggering. So I just want to make sure that everyone takes the space that they need. Um, so this isn't an easy topic. This there's things to know about forgiveness. There's things I want to talk to you guys about forgiveness. There's stuff that we can talk about, but practicing it in our own lives, it can get really tricky. I mean, I sat and I tried to write this sermon and I kept thinking to myself, how could I preach about forgiveness when I have like so many unsettled things in my own life? How, how could I do that? So I just want to start off by saying, this sermon is just as much for me as it is for us, that forgiveness is something that we have to continually work on and something that is a process. And I am still working on it. I'm still learning about it. There are still parts of it that trip me up. And I struggle on a daily basis. Um, but there's things that the Lord has shown me and things that I think are important to hold on to. I used to think that forgiveness was really simple and easy, and if I just suppressed my emotions about that person, then I, then I would forgive them. So I had this like forgiveness logic going on. So if they didn't really hurt me too bad, and so I could just stop thinking about them, then I had forgiven them. Because if I didn't think about them, then I wasn't upset, and so then I forgave them but uh, that actually doesn't work. 
And I think it's funny also because I was thinking about how we are fully forgiven in Christ, and yet in Scripture tells us how much we're on the mind of God and, like, how much God thinks about us. So I don't know how, like, not thinking about someone equals forgiveness, but it doesn't work. So I would suppress all of my emotions and... You know, when I gave my life to Christ late high school and I started learning about this whole Christian lifestyle, I knew forgiveness was a part of it. And so I thought I just had to do it. And I didn't really go through the work of doing it. I just thought I had to do it by any means necessary. So I would just suppress emotions about the people that had hurt me in my past or now or whatever. I just didn't think about it. And then it was fine, outside, out of mind. And I thought that I would have to do it, you know, because I was a Christian now, and so I had to forgive, and Jesus says to forgive, so I had to just stop thinking about them and pretend that everything was fine and sunshines and daisies, even though it wasn't fine, and it wasn't sunshine and daisies, and it especially doesn't work when somebody really actually hurts you, and I went through this recently, and I couldn't pretend that everything was fine, and that tripped me up, so let me tell you a story about the time where my forgiveness logic totally got destroyed. So my friend Jenna, we'll call her Jenna, her name's not actually Jenna, but you will never know. Um, <laughs> so my friend Jenna, she had a friend group that she, that had hurt her over and over and over, and she kept hanging out with them. She kept wanting to give it a try, and yet they kept hurting her, and finally one time she decided to talk to them about it, to actually be like, hey, this is all the ways that you've hurt me. And then she removed herself from the situation. She removed herself from the relationship. And when she told me about this, I got really upset because there's no way forgiveness could mean stopping contact or confrontation, right? I was like, no. You just pretend everything's fine. There's no way the Lord would be leading you to not talk to a person or, like, remove yourself from a situation. Like, I was, I was dumbfounded. I was like, what? You can't do that. And she is a Christian, and she was like, I, that's what I needed to do. It was most healthy for me. And I didn't understand it at all because I thought forgiveness meant not addressing things. And then a couple months later, I got into a new relationship and some things started popping up from an old relationship that I had had years and years ago. And I had suppressed those emotions so much that they popped up in this new relationship and I couldn't ignore it anymore. I couldn't pretend that everything was fine because it wasn't fine. It was causing problems in the relationship. There's now somebody else to see them and not just me. It was causing problems. And I had to address the fact that this person had hurt me and that I was hurt. And I couldn't pretend that I wasn't. And so I didn't know what to do with that because I couldn't not think about them. And I wasn't really, I wasn't really okay. And I finally understood Jenna's understanding of forgiveness that sometimes we have to address and sometimes we have to confront. And sometimes that's with the other person. Now, the person that I had to forgive, I 
couldn't be in the same room with. So sometimes confrontation is with the person, sometimes it's with yourself. And those suppressed emotions that we want to suppress for so long. So what God showed me through this is that forgiveness is not only, it's not pretending that that person did nothing wrong and that everything's fine, that that person didn't hurt you. Forgiveness includes a full understanding of what that person did and how they harmed you. It's a full understanding of wrongdoing. And yet, it is also a full understanding that we sin too. And we also need the grace and forgiveness of Christ. Not only do we need the grace and forgiveness of Christ, but we have in fact received the grace and forgiveness of Christ through his sacrifice on the cross. That this conversation starts off with knowing that God does not treat us as our sins deserve. That the character of God is to know our sins fully God knows everything about us. God knows when we sin, why we sin, where we sin. God knows everything. He knows our sins fully and yet forgives us. And so our forgiveness of others has to reflect that character of God, the God that knows our sins fully and yet forgives. Forgiveness is an understanding that, yeah, they sinned, but we've all sinned. And we all need Christ. And it's on that level playing ground that we can start the work of repentance and forgiveness. And I say repentance because forgiveness also requires repentance. We all have a past. The, sermon, the series is called Getting Past Your Past. We all have a past. We all have a present. I mean, I wasn't living for Christ for a very long time. So there's all that. <laughs> but there's also like... The times that I screw up now and I, like, daily that I need to, that I need the forgiveness of Christ for my life now, too. We all have a past and what sin does, so sin damages creation. That's what sin is. Sin damages creation and grieves God, who is the good creator so when we sin against somebody, we're damaging a relationship, we're damaging a situation, whatever that sin is, it's damage. And so what repentance is, is a conversation with God of, I damaged creation and I hurt you, and I don't want to do that again. And the Lord restores and helps us hopefully, to not sin and not damage again. We have been made righteous, even though we're still being made righteous. Scripture says this. This might put it in different words for you. And by that will... We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. 
Scripture also says, for by one sacrifice, he, Jesus, has made forever, has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. We are being made holy. We mess up. We have a past. We have a presence. We have a present. But to live in the knowledge of this grace and to commit to love because that's what this is all about, to love God and love neighbor. And so when we damage creation, we don't love God and we don't love neighbor. And then we have the opportunity for redemption and reconciliation, which we'll see later in a minute through some Bible passages. The good news is that we don't have to do anything on our own because the one who forgave those who were hurting him the most lives within us. So the Holy Spirit guides us through this. And this is why this is work, because it's hard, and we'll see it. And I'm sure you have experienced it. I mean, I'm sure some of us are thinking of people who might have hurt us. And you're like, I don't want to deal with that. Same. So it's work. Let's read this passage together. It's from Matthew 18. This is when Jesus... Um, gives this parable of the unmerciful servant. It says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay everything back. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told the master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled that all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. It's a pretty intense passage. But it's one of the most telling of Jesus' teachings on forgiveness. One of the most. The servant who owed the king money was met with graciousness and forgiveness. The king had already forgiven him. And yet, the servant turned around and wouldn't offer that same graciousness to others. Like I said before, we all have a past. We all have a story that is 
scattered with wrongdoing and disobedience. But I want to tell you that our conversation about forgiveness starts with the very fact that God knows your past and yet forgives it, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So in Christ, there's repentance, there's forgiveness, there's forgiveness of sin. So that's where we start. Jesus makes it very clear over and over and over and throughout every gospel, the connection between God's forgiveness of us and our forgiveness of others. Jesus makes it so clear. When Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, he says, pray, forgive us of our sins. God, forgive us as we have forgiven those who've sinned against us. In Luke, Jesus says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive, forgive others and you will be forgiven by God. In Mark, he says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. And in Matthew, he says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But get this, if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I have never <laughs> read a spookier passage that your father will not forgive your sins. These are the things that keep me up at night. The, anyways, this is an important conversation. The grace of God is present in it. But this is an important conversation, and this is an important practice to keep working on. And the grace of God is in that too. But the point is, is that forgiveness is uncomfortable. Not only does it go against our flesh, goes against our need for revenge, even if it's not super violent and crazy, our need to elevate ourselves, make ourselves look and feel better, but it causes us to address those emotions that we want to push down that we want to avoid. But we have to get to the root of it, and that's what God does. This is my favorite part. That's what God does. God gets to the root of it. So let's read this passage from, um, oh, where is it from? Matthew, okay. Um, this is when Peter, okay. Jesus tells Peter that Peter's gonna disown him, and then Peter's like, no, and then he does. So there's that. So this is that passage. Here's what it says. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You were also, okay, this is when Jesus is arrested. We're good, okay. Um, you also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you are one of them. Your accent gives it away. 
Then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed, obviously, because Jesus, okay, obviously. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And then he went outside and wept bitterly. And that gives us a clue to how he might be feeling. He wept bitterly. I mean, it's not a good situation for sure. So Peter denies Jesus, and then Jesus is killed. Jesus is buried. Three days later, Jesus is resurrected. And then later, Jesus appears to his disciples and reunites with his disciples on a beach early in the morning. And there's this miraculous catching of fish and Everyone is excited, and they get back to shore, and when they get back to shore, they see that Jesus had been cooking them breakfast, which is really sweet. Jesus cooking breakfast for his friends. It's a good image of God. And then, because Peter's there, right? He knows, he knows. So then Jesus talks to Peter, and this is what happens. Um, when they had finished eating... Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. So as you might have heard before, there's a direct parallel between these two passages that we read. Peter denies Jesus three times. And then Jesus asked Peter this question after everything had gone down. Do you love me? How many times does he ask it? Three times. So Peter, at this point, I mean, he just saw one of his best friends, who he confessed to be the Messiah, die. And then he's seeing him again in real life. So this is, I don't know what Peter's feeling. But there's a part of him that I'm sure is probably racked with guilt. Because he knows that Jesus knows what he did. He knows that he denied him, and he knows that, he's, that he sinned against him. And yet, Jesus goes right to Peter and goes right to the heart of Peter's shame and sin and guilt. He goes right to the heart of it. Jesus knew what he was doing. Jesus was not like, I'm just going to ask you this random question three times and we'll see. Like, I don't, if you get the connection, then maybe I'll learn. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly three times, three times. 
Jesus knew. Jesus was going right there and offered an opportunity for redemption every single time. Forgiveness, the forgiveness of Christ and our reflection of our forgiveness for others is not surface level. Jesus went right there. He went right to the heart of it, right where Peter was feeling guilty and shameful. He went right there and he offered him redemption and reconciliation and gave him purpose. He says, feed my sheep. He replaces his sin and shame with purpose. That's what God does. God brings goodness and newness out of everything. So our past, our present, when we still sin, if we bring that to God, God goes right there and he offers newness and goodness. And that's my favorite thing because this is the same when we sin and when we're sinned against. We have an opportunity for healing right at the very point of sin, right at the very point, the source of it. And you know why? Because the one who's healing us is the one who created us and knows exactly where that point is. If you just let him, if you just lean in past the uncomfortability. Let me give you an example of this, of both of these things happening. So me sinning against someone. So there was a point in my relationship with my dad a few years ago. My relationship with my dad has been rocky for like kind of my whole life, but it's been really good lately. And so a couple years ago, I had already given my life to Christ and I was living what I wanted to be a new life. And I was trying to follow Christ who calls us to love and I wasn't loving. I, every time we hung out, I felt like I would pick a fight or I would be like rude or I'd get really angry and defensive. And I was just like not behaving as I thought. And so I kept praying about it because I was like, I'm supposed to be loving and kind. Like I'm supposed to be better to my dad. And I wasn't being that way. And this was happening over and over and over. And so I was like, what is, like, why am I keep sinning? Like, this is annoying for the, yeah, annoying. Um, (laughs) more than annoying. So finally, I brought it up to my therapist at the time, and through that and through prayer, we, I started to understand that there was a miscommunication between my, me and my dad. We needed different things from one another, and our needs were not being communicated, and so I was getting defensive, and he was getting overbearing, and I would react out of defensiveness. And he would react out of overbearingness. And it was this whole thing. And I didn't know that was there. I didn't know that that's what I needed from my dad. I didn't know any of that was there. And yet, through pushing through the uncomfortable, like this was painful to do because I had to like come to terms with uncomfortable memories and things that I didn't want to think about. Like it was just not a good process. But ultimately, God went right to the source of why I was sinning and healed me so that love and goodness might abound instead. That that relationship, I can see that it was better. We weren't getting in fights all the time. Like, that's better. I saw it with my own eyes that, like, there was the healing of the Lord there. And when somebody sinned against me in a way that really ultimately hurt me, in a way that came up and damaged relationships years later, 
I I had to think about it was hard because I didn't want to I didn't want to address it but there was a point where I needed to and I couldn't ignore the effects of what happened between me and this person but God went right to the source again and healed and continues to heal and so when I think about this person I think about it now through the help of the Lord that I'm grateful for the forgiveness I have received for all the harm that I have done and out of that gratitude I hope and try my best to forgive that person for the harm that they have done. And I look at that person, I think about that person and our, our mutual need for healing from the Lord. And this is interesting, this connection between sinning and healing. In Psalm 41, the psalmist says a very interesting thing. The psalmist says, heal me for I have sinned against you. Heal me. Like that there's something that needs healing. And isn't that a kind understanding of our loving God? That we sin in so many different ways and God still offers healing? So that goodness and love might abound instead. That that goodness that couldn't quite get through before... It can get through now. That's what this is all about. Love. The, like I said before, my dad is a great example. Relationships. I've seen so many relationships reconcile through forgiveness. But I want to tell you something very important. Forgiveness is not generalized. So what does that mean? That means it's really important to walk with the Holy Spirit and listen to the Holy Spirit. Because like me and my dad... I'm closer to him now than I ever have been, and I praise the Lord for that. But like my friend Jenna, who had to remove herself from that situation, and like I couldn't think of being in the same room with the person that I'm working on forgiving, sometimes people live best separately. The goal is love and flourishing for each person. And sometimes people flourish best separately. Sometimes you don't need to enter into a harmful relationship again. And I've kind of come to understand that now. I've kind of come to understand Jenna's way of forgiveness. Of Maybe I don't... But, but that was individualized to Jenna. That's individualized to me person by person. That's why it's important to walk with the Holy Spirit. I just wanted to mention that. That forgiveness is not generalized. So listen to God and where God might be leading you at each step. I mean, forgiveness is a process. There c it can change, you know? I thought that everything had to be sunshines and daisies, but turns out we have to address things. Sometimes we can't be around. Like, I don't know what it is for you, but, but you know and the Lord knows. So here's my summary. That's very nicely tied up together. But the practice of these things is not so nicely tied up together because it's hard to do. And so I just praise God that God doesn't shy away from our mess and God doesn't shy away from our struggle. So here it is. Forgiveness is an understanding of sin. A full understanding of sin 
and an understanding that we all need forgiveness through Christ. Forgiveness stems from and is connected to the forgiveness God already has for us, that we are already forgiven and that they are already forgiven. And that's the part, if I'm being honest, that trips me up. I'm like, how is God's love big enough to cover the people who hurt me? Like that, I don't understand. But then I can ask the same question of like, how's God's love big enough to cover me who has hurt people? So then I don't know what to, you know? So it's tricky. I don't, still learning. I think we all are. And finally, forgiveness requires work. Don't resist this, but allow it as an opportunity for healing. God wants to heal you. So when you feel that uncomfortability and you feel like you're on the edge of having to address something or you sense yourself like me reacting out of pain or whatever it is, take a moment and pray about it and ask God what God might be leading you to do, how God might be leading you, because God is trying to heal. Don't resist it. Lean into it. Lean past that uncomfortability because there is someone holding you the entire process of healing. There's someone holding you. God has you, uncomfortable as it might be. God has you. So don't resist. Lean in because God is kind and God is trying to heal, and there's so much love and so much goodness that might abound instead. I mean, God has transformed my life. I can see it, and there's places that I still am praying for it, but I've seen it. When you see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, you can see it. And God has so many good things in store when we just Give him that hurt, and he will heal it. So pray about it. Pray about where God might be leading you, what God might be wanting to show you. And hopefully, this is something that we will all continue to work on, you and me. But would you pray with me? Oh, Lord. We thank you for your love and your gentle heart. Would you please soften ours to forgive those who have hurt us most? We thank you that you are the one who has forgiven those who have hurt you most. And so we thank you that you're with us and you help us. Would you transform us to love? In every capacity, would you transform us to love? And would you lead us in your way to do your will? Thank you for this love. Thank you for this life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.